follows. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This serves as the basis for this day's meditation. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Christ is risen. I don't know about you, but I suppose one could say that it just isn't fair. I mean, after all, the world picks on Thomas, right? Just because he wasn't there when the Lord appeared to the other disciples. He wasn't sure of what was going on. He may have been a little confused. And with all the things that were going on and all the talk about Jesus rising from the dead, things, well, they seem awkward, a little unclear. The future kind of looked bleak for those disciples. But nevertheless, the world picks on Thomas. They target him just because he wasn't there when the Lord appeared to the others. He wasn't sure of what was going on. He may have been confused. He was unclear. The whole thing was so awkward. It doesn't matter how you look at it, does it? It just doesn't seem fair. After all, it would seem from our text as Thomas is getting the short end of the deal. You see, Thomas missed church just one time. Just one time, and because of that, he picked up the nickname Doubting Thomas. That nickname will follow him forever, or until the Lord returns. He will forever and ever be known as Doubting Thomas. It just doesn't seem fair. Truth be told, it's not fair. It's not fair because all the other disciples doubted just as much as he did, at least in the beginning. In fact, last week's gospel told us about the disciples' reaction when the women told them about the empty tomb and about the two angels. They doubted. St. Luke writes, the women told these things to the apostles. But these words, which are referring to the women's words, seem to them as idle tale, as they did not believe. You see, if Thomas is doubting Thomas, then Peter is doubting Peter, and James is doubting James, and John is doubting John. And you and I, well, if we're doubting, then we are doubting and then fill your name in, and so on and so forth. Every one of the disciples doubted. There's no mistake about that. So why? Why does the world pick on poor old Thomas? It just doesn't seem fair. You know, don't you? You know that you and I are both sinners. We also look to pick on Thomas just because, well, we don't want the blame to land on us. 
We pick on him because he missed the first church service. That first church service, that very first Easter. And I guess you could say that's not really fair either. He didn't know that Jesus was going to show up. He didn't understand everything that was going on at the time. I don't know. Maybe he was sick or something else was going on. Maybe he went fishing. The Bible, however, doesn't really tell us where he was. Just the fact is that he missed Jesus. But one thing is for sure. The Bible doesn't condemn. It doesn't condemn Thomas any more than it condemns the other disciples. So it really isn't fair to pick on poor old Thomas. You see, looking at our text for today, we unequivocally see an incredible testimony to the patience and the grace and the love and the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus had every right to criticize the disciples, just not Thomas. Out of all the disciples, only John made it to the cross. As you know, Peter denied Christ three times while he was on trial. Even though Jesus had repeatedly told them about his resurrection on the third day, none of them believed. The woman and the women that were there, when they came from the tomb with the good news about the resurrection, Jesus would have been perfectly within his rights to say, you know what? I've had it with all of you. You're all a bunch of fill-in-the-blank. But Jesus didn't do that. Even though Jesus had the right to say that he, that he didn't, or even though Jesus had the right, he didn't. Instead, Jesus was so incredibly patient. He loved his disciples. He loves you. He says to them, peace be with you. He also showed them his hands and his side. He allowed them to poke and to prod and otherwise examine his crucifixion wounds. You see, in his glorious state of exaltation, these wounds are now signs of his identity as Lord and Savior. There can be no doubt, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Then Jesus said it again, peace be with you. This time he gave them his peace so that they could give it to others. I don't know about you, but it's so amazing, isn't it? The Easter story, if you will. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Then according to Luke's gospel, Jesus gave his disciples a special gift. He breathed on them and he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. And with these words, he gave them the authority to administer the very forgiveness that he earned for the entire world as he hung right there on the cross. Now think about that for a moment. These men all doubted just as much as Thomas did. They were basically, well, cowards. Their own writings confessed that they were weak, dull-witted men. All their authority, their standing, their reputation rest entirely on Jesus Christ, who is the power of everything 
that they say and do rest entirely on the works and promise of Christ. Now this should indeed be a marvelous comfort to all of us who are here today. Those simple words. Christ is risen. But what about Thomas? He wasn't there when Jesus appeared to the other disciples. But Jesus, our loving and living Lord, continues to show his patience as he returns the following week. Once again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. And put out your hand and place it into my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Jesus gently brought Thomas back into the fold. Now, I don't know about you, but that is great comfort for all of us. This gospel accounts. For we also deserve condemnation from God. We have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And yet we have doubted, just like Thomas did. We've been through it all. But our Lord helps us as we have no redeeming qualities within ourselves. So the good news for you today is this, that Jesus is patient with you. He comes to us as he comes to the disciples, and he always says, whether it be through his word, through baptism, through the sacraments, through his church. He says, peace be with you. Jesus says, I love you and I am patient. Look to me, for it is true that I have risen from the dead so that you too may have life and have it to abundance. You see, Jesus suffered great violence so that you and I could have the peace which passes all understanding. He submitted to mockery, beating and whipping and crucifixion. He even submitted to death. In this way, he earned forgiveness for all people. He earned peace with God for you, for me, for the world. And it is through Jesus Christ our Lord that we can live with God in peace. And we can believe Christ is risen. My dear friends, Jesus delivers that peace to us in many different ways. He delivers it through the waters of holy baptism, like I said before. He delivers it through his body and blood in, with, and under the forms of bread and wine in the sacrament of the altar. He delivers it through his word, through his pastor, through the church. What an amazing peace that he gives us. What an amazing forgiveness that he gives us. And what an amazing Jesus. Go. Don't doubt. Believe Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, may he keep your hearts and your minds in believing in the one true God to life everlasting. In his name, amen. We will continue then as we sing the creed on page 953. We all believe in one true God.